in the Word of God, um, obviously, if any of us have just been aware or paying attention to what's uh, occurring within our world, there's really some tremendous and huge things happening right now in our world, especially on the European continent with the invasion of Ukraine that occurred this last Thursday. And as God's people, we're going to take time to just pause, pray, and bring that to the Lord. Some of us sometimes when things seem so overwhelming or we're unsure what to even say or what to do, remember that prayer is our first action, our driving action, and our final action as the people of God. So we're going to take some intentional time to pray for this world that so desperately needs the Lord. And I've invited our brother, uh, John Jones, to be able to just lead us in that time of prayer before we enter into our time into the Word of God this morning. So right where you are, you can go ahead and bow your head, and even if you don't know what to pray, just enter into the presence of, of the Lord, and you can say something like, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. God, Help us, help the people of Ukraine. Give them strength, give them hope. So I'm gonna ask our brother John to go ahead and lead us in a time of prayer for our world and specifically, it's good, and specifically for um, this crisis that's happening a continent away, but again, impacts the entire world as well. Um, when Carlos this turned on? Yeah, it should be. You can hear me. But just go ahead and keep speaking uh, into the mic. When Carlos asked me to, to uh, lead this prayer, I got to thinking about, you know, God brought us this beautiful universe, and his intention was all good. And then sin kind of found its way in, and since the beginning of time, since Cain and Abel, we've had this conflict. Uh, when two people get together, somehow they figure out how to be mad at one another. And we see this in our schools. We see it in uh, our history over time. We see it in all continents. And this is not a new thing. This is something that's gone on year after year. Uh, century after century. This is the, just the latest addition of that conflict where men figure out how to hate one another, figure out how to be in conflict with one another when God's message to us is to love one another. Mm. And we just have a hard time doing that. We don't listen to God. We listen to ourselves. Mm. We listen to our neighbor. And it goes on and on. And so we need to pray. I mean, right now, the people in Ukraine um, are suffering greatly. They uh, have, um, you know, an oppressor that is trying to take over their country. And we need to pray for them. But we need to pray for the Russian people as well. Because this is not what they want. Mm. This is what a, a person has decided that he wants, chooses to do. Because he has a conflict, a hatred for mankind. Um, and he translates that into, you know, it's a jealousy or it, it's, uh, you know, 
covetousness of the, of the other country. But this just goes on and on in, in what we need to do when we think about our neighbor, when we think about our neighbors across the globe, is we need to do what Jesus taught us to do, to love one another. And so let's pray for that. Let's pray for kindness. Let's pray for peace. Let's pray for re- restoration of God's way in our life, in, in the lives of others. And let's pray for safety for, for those people. We have you know families being torn apart, and we just need to pray for all of those things. And we need to get, ask God to intervene. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just, we come to you brokenhearted because every time we think that we are doing better in your eyes, we find that we have slipped farther down that slope. Lord, we just, we lift up the people of Ukraine. We lift up the people of Russia and the people of Eastern Europe and ask for peace for them. Descend upon that area descend upon this whole world give us kindness give us peace let us see the things that you want for us let us see the things that how miraculous this country could be this world could be if we would just follow you and listen to your word and study you and follow you as we go through each day we ask for kindness we ask for love for one another we look forward to that day uh, when we will all be sitting at your feet ask these things in jesus name amen 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 thank you brother john and we continue to pray and lift up our hearts to the lord in this crisis and in everything else in this world and in this season. Amen. We're going to continue now our time of worship by opening up the Word of God, and today's scripture reading will be from the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. La escritura de hoy viene del libro de Primera de Tesalonicenses, capítulo 3, versículo 6 al 13. So you can go ahead and follow along, whether you're here in person or at home, in um, the language of your heart, I'll be reading in English, and the slides will be on the, uh, on the projector screen as well, or you can follow along in your Bible. Let's hear now with open ears and open hearts from the Word of God in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and your love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live Since you are standing firm in the Lord, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. 
Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and everyone else, just as ours does for you. And may he, our God, strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with his holy ones. Amen. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, right now we just uh, lift up to you this time that we enter into your word. May this word, Lord, be the lens and the framework in which we engage the rest of the world. And Lord, would you continue to do the work of making us new, of transforming us more and more into your likeness. Lord, we do cry out and we pray mercy, security, strength to us, Lord, to our neighbors over in Ukraine, God. Lord, I know that these things can be so overwhelming and shocking to us, Lord, but you've navigated them before. You've been faithful before and you will be faithful once again. You've been a refuge before and you will be a refuge once again, Lord. So God, we just bring it all to you. We cast down our hearts and all the weight of our entire souls, Lord, into your hands. The weight of this world into your hands, God. You can handle it. So Lord, uh, today we pray that our confidence would be in you and help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today we're actually going to be concluding what has been our series in the month of February that we've been calling Bless Your Church, Flourishing in Our Life Together as a Community. And we've been talking about this entire month, what it means to go the next level in our discipleship, what it means to be a matter-of-fact kind of disciple, to be an authentic follower of Jesus, to go beyond just the simple cultural or religious Christianity that maybe we grew up with or adapted to at some point, whether it's all the rule-keeping or the rule-breaking or whatever that may be. God is calling us to go the next level. And some of those core values in discipleship here at Imago Church that take us to that next level are what we call being matter-of-fact kind of disciples, F-A-C-T. To be people that are faithful, approachable, committed, and teachable. We've been talking about all of that throughout the past couple of weeks by being F, faithful contributors. We take our call seriously here as God's people. We've talked about what it means to be approachable, meaning that we take off those old tendencies that we have to be tribalistic and clicky, and instead we choose to be open and welcoming to one another, just as God has welcomed us. And then C, last week we talked about what it means to be committed and consistent with one another, gathering and building each other up, knowing that trust is built through commitment and consistency. And last week we talked about how we want to let it begin with us, with each one of us, to take that challenge for 2022, 
what we're calling the three-fourths challenge. That three-fourths of the time, you will show up. You will be part of our life together here, whether it's worship on Sunday or engaging in our discipleship midweek or other outreach events or whatnot, but three-fourths of the time. Not just settling for half the time or one-fourth of the time, but three-fourths of the time, and you will see how God will grow and mature you through consistency. And Today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be teachable, where each one of us carries a new attitude of humility, where we're humble with God and humble with each other. And we emphasize this together as a community to be able to bless one another because not all communities choose to bless one another And when we don't um, directly choose and intentionally choose to bless one another, guess what happens? We will go on autopilot and we will indirectly choose to do something else. Instead of blessing one another, we will judge one another or critique one another or be passive with one another. But no, God is calling us to bless one another in order that we would flourish in our life together. And so we talked about that last week, how we can bless each other by being committed and consistent. And this week we're going to reflect on how to bless one another by choosing to be teachable, by carrying ourselves humbly in our life together as a church community. I've had this conversation with some of us, whether it's leadership or staff or whatnot, but we choose to be teachable. We choose to carry ourselves humbly. That means we leave the ego at the door. We leave the the ego, the attitude, the arrogance at the door, and we carry ourselves humbly before God and with each other. Now, here in this passage that we read this morning, this is actually a, a passage about teachability about relationship in first thessalonians chapter 3 we read and learn about the relationship between the apostle paul and young timothy that was someone that paul was mentoring and together they were learning how to yield to one another how to be interdependent with one another and how to be teachable now why is it so important to be teachable according to this passage and throughout the scriptures It's because we see that being teachable is actually a sign of wisdom. And wisdom empowers us and paves the way to bless one another. In fact, we see this in the book of Proverbs 12, 15. Vemos esto en el libro de Proverbios, capítulo 12, verso 15. It says this about teachability. If we can put it up on on the slide. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. What does that mean? The wise pursue teachability. The wise person is a student, is a learner, is teachable, is not a know-it-all. And we gain this kind of of a posture of attitude in order to multiply that and bless those around us. That's a theme throughout Scripture and the New Testament. 
It gives us a very practical first step toward wisdom and teachability. It's what the book of Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is actually an attitude adjustment. It's an attitude shift. It's uh, an attitude of humility, openness, and surrender. Humility then leads to honesty before God. Humility allows us to truly see ourselves as we truly are. And it allows us to see God as God truly is. Powerful, sovereign, trustworthy, and praiseworthy. Humility eliminates all of our attempts to categorize or dehumanize other people. Humility leads to teachability. And teachability leads to wisdom. And wisdom is a pathway to bless one another, to bless those around you. The wise person, as described in the book of Proverbs, and even in this relationship between Paul and Timothy of, of teachability, the wise person is a teachable person. And the, uh, the wise person receives and loves instruction and continues to seek growing in wisdom and growing in spiritual maturity. The teachable person doesn't just think they've arrived and they can now tell everyone else what to do. No, but they're constantly seeking how to grow in the Lord. The wise person does not simply settle or conform to what he or she already knows. But the wise person lives with a hunger, with the desire to continue to seek God. And by doing so, to grow in, um, in spiritual maturity and in spiritual health as well. You know, when I was an undergrad, I got to study philosophy, and that's still one of my favorite things in the world. I, I love deep questions and deep conversations, and, um, and, and uh, that's what I spent several years just diving deep into and studying. studying. So what did we do as, philo as philosophy students? Not much, to be honest. What we, we did was we kind of just stood around and, you know, you put your hand on your chin and you just ask, why? <laughs> why? A friend once um, shared with me one of my favorite jokes about a philosopher, a, ph a philosopher who just spends all of his time just asking why, right, and questioning everything. And this is the joke. This is my favorite philosopher joke. And this is coming from a philosopher, okay? Someone who loves philosophy. But what's the difference between a philosopher and an extra large pizza? Anyone know? Any guesses? Here's the difference. An extra large pizza can feed a family of four. A philosopher can't. Why? Because he's too busy just asking why. Why all day, right? Anyway, that's, that's my field. Those are some of my friends. So I can't make fun of philosophers, but don't make fun of us, okay? All joking aside. Philosophy simply just means the love of wisdom. And one of the most important philosophers in the history of Western civilization was a teacher in ancient Greece by the name of Socrates. And Socrates, he developed this method to go into hard conversations or engage deep dialogue. It was a method called the Socratic method, where he believed that the right questions are even more important than the quick answers or the quick fixes. And at one point, he summarized this entire method by just saying this. All I know 
is that I don't know. All I know is that I don't know. This attitude, this posture, this humility was actually what started him on the path to become one of the most influential people in history. All I know is that I don't know. This attitude is called humility. And Proverbs tells us that humility is part of the character of the wise person. Because humility leads to curiosity, and curiosity leads to teachability, and teachability leads to wisdom. And wisdom, when used properly, can be a fountain of blessing to those around us. Proverbs talks about two main pathways in this life, the way of the wise and the way of the fool. The wise person is humble and is able to say, I don't know. I know that I don't know. On the other hand, the path of the fool is the complete opposite of humility or of teachability. The fool is proud and the fool doesn't say just I don't know. The fool says I don't know and I don't want to know because I don't care. The wise person is teachable. The foolish person is unteachable. When thinking about the pathway of wisdom, the pathway of foolishness in the scriptures, it really boils down, and I'm oversimplifying it, but that's one of the ways to understand it. Teachable versus unteachable. Now, I've gone through different seasons in my life where I've been arrogant, I've struggled with pride and and hard-headedness, but the amazing thing is that the grace of God always creates a pathway back If you're unteachable in a particular area of your life, the grace of God creates a pathway back to being teachable, back to humbling yourself and seeing where God would take you to the next level. He doesn't just let you crash in that wall. So friends, brothers, sisters, the first step toward wisdom is that, is that humility before the Lord, the attitude of humility and surrender to say, I don't know, And I know that I don't, but God will teach me. That's why we really emphasize humility as one of the most important Christian virtues. The gospel, the word of God, right? Jesus coming to us, the good news that we gather around that we believe in is actually a story of humility. The gospel is the story of how God humbles himself to become like us so that we could be united with God and with each other. Jesus lived an attitude of humility and teachability. Why wouldn't we? We have the opportunity to bless one another with that attitude as well. I'm so grateful to be able to stay connected with uh, friends here locally and also um, around the country and around the world. And even in, in this season that you know we're still coming out of, of pandemic, um, of uh, just being able to stay connected either in person or virtually. But one good friend that I've, I've been in touch with uh, a couple of times during this season has been a pastor friend of mine who uh, is based out of Michigan, but he's originally from the country of Nepal. And he's uh, a brother in Christ by the name of Yakuv. 
and he, he ministers to different uh, folks and especially to folks from his country of, of Nepal. And um, I really enjoy sports and history, and so does Yakub. So we, we like to chat and catch up on a number of things. But at one point, we were talking about one of the greatest landmarks of his home country of Nepal, which just happens to be the tallest mountain in the entire world. Some of you know the name of this mountain. It is Mount Everest. Very good. And Yakub once told me, about the team of two men that were the first ever recorded people in history to climb to the top of Mount Everest. And these were two people. One was a local from his country, um, uh, from Nepal, and this was a man named uh, Tenzig Norgi. And then another one was a foreigner from the country of New Zealand. His name was Edmund Hillary. Now, Edmund Hillary was teachable. He learned from a local. He knew that on his own, he was not going to be able to make it to the mountaintop. My friend Yakuv explained to me that even to this day, local Nepalese people continue to teach and give directions to mountain climbers that come from around the world to climb Mount Everest. You want to get to the top of the mountain, you need to humble yourself and be teachable. And the first person to ever reach the top of Mount Everest was able to do it because of that, because he was teachable. One story I heard once was years later, after Edmund Hillary had become that first person to get to the top of Mount Everest, he was at this gathering of mountain climbers from around the world. And at this gathering of mountain climbers, um, Edmund Hillary was invited to be the main speaker and to share with you know, young mountain climbers what he learned from his experience at the top of the highest mountain. And then um, this student, who actually didn't even know who Edmund was, he, he, um, he started talking to him and he started puffing himself up and, and sharing a couple of things. But Edmund was actually a humble man and he knew how to listen. He knew how to just engage people and be curious. Then the student that was speaking to him, he had no idea who he was talking to. And he was trying to, you know, share things about what he's done and um, how he's, he's, he was even at one point trying to give Edmund Hillary tips and mountain climbing advice. Yet he was completely unaware who he was talking to. That young student, he was trying to act like an expert while talking to the expert right in front of him. It's kind of like the, the, the season and context we're in today, right? Online world, social media world, everyone just seems to be an expert on everything, right? But what if God's calling us to take a different kind of attitude like Edmund Hillary to be teachable? Anyway, then the organizer overheard this student talking to Edmund and he comes over and he rebukes the student and he tells him, do you have any idea who you're talking to? He explained, this is Edmund Hillary. He's the first man to ever climb to the top of Mount Everest. He's our keynote speaker today. He's the reason we're here today. Then the young man felt embarrassed and, and then was able to hopefully learn from that experience. But that young student, he didn't know who he was talking to and he didn't know what he was talking about. 
And there's really one reason why. There's only one reason he didn't know who he was talking to. And that is because he didn't ask. Part of wisdom, friends, brothers, sisters, is learning to ask. If you don't know about something, it's okay, it's okay to ask. It's funny, and I've shared this with people that I've navigated life with, mentored, and even been mentored by. If there's a problem, and the problem is I don't know, there is a solution, and it's a pretty simple solution, and that solution is ask. It's not rocket science. If you need help, get help. If you need counsel, get counseling. Get advice. Don't pretend. Don't be like that young student and be pretentious. The wise person is teachable and is humble enough to ask. Teachability and humility is precious in the sight of God. And in fact, on the other hand, arrogance and pride that's detestable before God. He hates it. There are a few things he hates, and those are some of them, that unteachable, arrogant attitude. That's why it even says in the book of Proverbs sixteen eighteen that pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before the fall. The first step toward teachability is humility. And humility is the attitude of wisdom. And wisdom could be a fountain of blessing to those around you and even to yourself. So what causes that? What causes really just this, this, um, this division amongst us at times, even that Brother John was talking about? It's all of those things. Arrogance, pride. And remember, that becomes a domino effect. The unteachable person, even the religious unteachable person, thinks they know it all. They know everything about God, everything about life, everything about reality, right? But the teachable person knows that God is God, I am not, and each person's mind is just like a cup. And, every, and, and all the knowledge about God, about the Bible, about life, that's all a vast ocean. You can't fit the ocean in a cup. The teachable person is aware of that. But arrogance then leads to fear. And fear leads to manipulation. And then manipulation leads to hurt and hurt feelings. And then guess what? And I've shared this with some of you before. Hurt reproduces hurt. Because hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt other people. So if there's any of that hurt in your life or unresolved issues, take it to God. Get healing. Ask for help. He will be there for you. He will restore you. Part of my job is walking alongside people and praying with them in their times of joy and in their times of, of deep pain and hurt. A couple years ago, a friend of mine reached out to me and he was asking for some prayers, for some guidance um, in a very difficult situation that he was in. 
he asked for some support on how to deal with an arrogant and manipulative person that has hurt others and is hurting his entire organization. And he didn't know what to do. And he called me and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't have all the answers for you, but I'm willing to pray with you. And I'm proud of you for seeking help because you need support and help in this time. Remember, friends, brothers, sisters, seeking help is a sign of strength, not of weakness. Seeking help is a sign of God's strength. Seeking help is a sign of teachability and of wisdom. The wise person seeks wisdom and the fool's way seems right to himself or to herself, as it says in Proverbs 12, 15. Arrogance leads to making enemies of our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. But remember, those actual human opponents are in fact not the real enemy, but they're actually broken sinners in desperate need of God's grace just like you and me. We're called to a different way. In what we've been reading in the book of Proverbs and in the relationship between Paul and Timothy, that was a teachable relationship. It's like a brand new radical breath of fresh air, especially for the context in which we live today. Scripture urges us to take a new path, a new way where we cast all of those anxieties onto God because he cares for us. He cares for us and he knows us even better than we know ourselves. Yes, there are different categories, there are different values, but the truth is this, that our identity comes from being created in the image of God. And our purpose comes from putting on Christ. When the Proverbs and in this passage that we read today talk about humility and teachability, they're actually talking, they're actually saying the same message as Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the standard of this world or to your own instincts or to your basic categories that you've inherited or have been put on you. All of us have inherited arrogance and pride, but wisdom in action calls us to think different, by being different, by being teachable. Teachability will lead to living differently. And living differently is actually what it means to be holy, to be holistic, to be set apart for God's purposes. And in Christ, we can experience a new way. Because our unity, remember what we've said, the church that chooses to bless one another, the people, the community that chooses to bless one another is the church that is united. And our unity is not in what we call ourselves, but in who God calls us. Children of God through faith. The church and is, is, is where we really share in this, where we remind each other of who we are and whose we are. We are united in a mission and witness then, and in a mission to really proclaim this good news and to witness to the new thing God is doing. 
to the new creation to put off the old and put on the new. As the church, we can bless one another. Friend, brother, sister, I want you to know that you have the power to bless your sister, to bless your brother, to bless your church. And we can flourish in our life together this year. Because remember, what it means to be a church, what it means to be God's people, is really this. A church is a group of imperfect people worshiping a perfect God. So let's let go of the pedestal, let go of just, you know, anything else, and remember that we are united not in our best selves or in what we agree in or disagree with, but we or in our best ideas, but we're united in following Jesus. And, and we're united in following a crucified and resurrected Savior. A Savior who humbled himself. A Savior who humbled himself to the point of the cross. A Savior who was teachable. Just think about that for a second. The creator of the world and of the entire universe, our Lord Jesus Christ, he was humble and teachable. He had every right to boast, to be arrogant, to be proud, but he was humble and teachable. Jesus is the one who teaches us a new way a new way so counter to the ways and the patterns of this world, a new way to live by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, who's called the great counselor and the great teacher. May we seek him together this year. And in this year, friends, brothers, sisters, may we bless one another and shine as God's people, a people who are faithful, approachable, committed, and teachable. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, it is through the living person and work of Jesus Christ that the church eternally is united and shouts, Amen, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. This is a mysterious joy. You're the one who unites us, who brings us all together, Lord. It's not our own efforts. It's not our own thoughts and instincts. But it is by your blood, Jesus, by your cross, by your resurrection power in and through us, Lord God. Lord, help us to see with the eyes that you see, Lord God. And today any of that arrogance, any of that pride, any of that anxiety, we give it to you today, Lord. You can handle it. And the most beautiful thing is, Lord, not only do you handle it, but when we give it to you, you make something new. You make something beautiful. You make a diamond. You make precious jewels, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right now, we're just surrendering it and giving it all to you, Lord, because you are able. Help us, Lord, to live into this new reality, into this next level reality. Our world so desperately needs us to shine like Jesus, Lord. 
to shine like stars in the midst of what can be darkness and chaos, Lord. Let it begin with us. That's our prayer this morning, Lord. Use us for your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. If we can just go ahead and just stand.